Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the IoT for All podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Chacon, and I am joined by my co-host this week, Shannon Lee. Our guest this week is Gerardo Gioretta, the Senior Director of Product Management and the Head of Industry 4.0 at Qualcomm. Um, Gerardo is currently uh, in charge of basically the Industry 4.0 business and ecosystem strategy. He joined Qualcomm back in 2007 and has since covered uh, a many different roles, uh, kind of spanning from research to system design, standardization, and product management. So we get into a lot of talk about a few of those areas, but really focus on Industry 4.0 and 5G. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Qualcomm, Qualcomm invents breakthrough technologies that transform how the world connects, computes, and communicates. Uh, they've been around for a pretty long time with over three decades of world-leading invention, expertise, um, and experience in mobile communications. And they're at the forefront of the connectivity and compute revolution that basically 5G brings. So um, again, a lot of focus on 5G here, but I think it's, um, it's it taught at least myself and, and Shannon a ton. Uh, in this episode, we get into a lot of different things. Um, we start out talking about what Industry 4.0 actually means, the impacts of 5G on the industrial IoT, what role do governments play in cellular connectivity regulations, um, what do benefits, what do the benefits of a factory deploying a private cellular connectivity network look like, and we can talk more about what a private cellular connectivity network actually is. Uh, we get into reasons why cellular connectivity may not be the best choice for an IoT deployment, how the 5G rollout will be handled in rural areas due to our experience with limited connectivity in those areas, and that's kind of where the private cellular connectivity networks come into play. What are the biggest differences that we can expect to see as we go from 4G to 5G and eventually 6G? What impacts will it really have on the IoT space? Um, we talk about how do you overcome the fear of going from a wired to wireless um, setting in a factory environment? What do companies and individuals involved in their company's digital transformation strategy need to know to stay on top of changes that are happening in the space for connectivities um, from a connectivity standpoint? And then the final two things we really talk about here are where can people go to be educated on 5G and what advice does um, Gerardo have for those who may be hesitant to deploy 5G solutions? And finally, I ask him, what does he think 6G will look like? Um, so overall, very fascinating conversation with him, very informative you know, really talking about 5G, the impacts it has. Um, I learned a little bit more about something I was very unfamiliar with, which was private cellular connectivity networks that can be deployed in factories and manufacturing places and stuff like that to really help bring um, powerful IoT deployments to life. So I promise it's worth the time. Um, hope you get a lot of value out of it. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Gerardo Gioretta of Qualcomm. Welcome, Gerardo, to the IoT for All show. How's your week going so far? Very good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're happy you're here. Um, I am joined today by Shannon Lee as my co-host. Hello. Um, so, Gerardo, I think the best way to start this would be to take a few seconds here to introduce yourself to the audience. Um, before the, when they're hearing this, I'll actually have done an intro to give them a little background, but I think it's great to have them hear this through your own words. Sure, sure. Thanks. So, I'm a, a Senior Director of Product Management at Qualcomm where I focus on IoT and specifically on uh, 5G and IoT. So I'm looking at uh, uh, how the industry will evolve, in particular in the manufacturing space, how it will evolve uh, with Industry 4.0 towards 5G and what are the opportunities to make 5G the good uh, technology choice for those environments. And what does Industry 4.0 mean exactly? 
Yeah, so I mean, usually uh, the, the term started in Germany and uh, uh, it really relates to all the aspects of this digital transformation that, are, that is happening in manufacturing and uh, in, in, in industries in general. So all uh, aspects related to more data, more insights from data, improving productivity from data that can be collected from different parts of the factory and different sensors. So this term industry for those zeros and how of order to uh, encompass all these use cases where uh, data becomes a key aspect of the manufacturing process and productivity. Gotcha. And how does Qualcomm kind of play into Industry 4.0 and at a high level just talk a little bit more about what the company does and focuses on? Yeah, I mean, of course, Qualcomm has been inventing technology for three decades, uh, in particular on cellular with uh, CDMA, 3G, 4G, and now with, with 5G. Uh, uh, with specific aspects of uh, Industry for the Zero and IoT, what we are doing is taking the technologies that initially are developed uh, for the commercial smartphone use cases and apply them uh, to these additional uh, ecosystem and environment like the industrial one and understand how they can help improving the customer experience on the industrial space, how, uh, what additional functionality may be needed and so how, and this is the particular case with 5G that we can discuss later, how 5G needs to evolve maybe a little bit differently Mm -hmm. uh, for the industrial use cases compared to the commercial, but uh, uh, that's that's what Qualcomm is focusing in general as as really a technology uh, a provider, a technology inventor on this. Okay, and from a vertical perspective, do you guys really focus on more industrial type applications and verticals, or are you guys kind of across the board? So the main the main uh, product from Qualcomm is uh, uh, chipset. Qualcomm is mostly yeah. a silicon company, right? <laughs> so uh, we develop chipset and these chipset can be used in many different use cases. So we, it's not that we focus only on industrial. My role is specifically on industrial, so that's my focus. Gotcha. But from a Qualcomm perspective, uh, I think we enable several <laughs> IoT use cases uh, from cellular IoT, uh, in, in sensors to uh, cameras, uh, consumer cameras, enterprise cameras, to any of the industrial use cases that I was referring to earlier. Very cool. Okay, that's great. It's a good overview of kind of what you guys are doing and what you're focusing on. Now, um, uh, before we started this, Shannon mentioned to me that last week you were a keynote speaker at the Sensors Expo, um, basically the industry's largest event dedicated to sensors, connectivity, and IoT. We'd love to have you kind of share a little bit more about, or I guess just anything in general, about what you spoke about as the keynote speaker, um, including the biggest impacts of 5G on industrial IoT, since um, 5G is such, you know, kind of this big deal that's happening and how it kind of impacts that that um, side of the IoT world. Uh, uh, sure. So the, the keynote was specifically on 5G and how 5G will, uh, uh, will contribute to IoT. And... Uh, I was uh, uh, making the particular point on what uh, we usually refer to 5G private networks. Okay. So uh, that's a pretty new concept uh, uh, compared to how networks have been deployed in the past. So I think it's, it's probably the most interesting one besides the technical details of 5G, right? So if you look at how cellular networks have been traditionally deployed, they have been deployed with uh, 
big uh, uh, mobile network operator deploying nationwide uh, uh, networks for consumers. Uh, so big, big investment, uh, investment in terms of spectrum as well, because in order to have a, uh, a cellular network operation, you need to have a spectrum license, so to use a certain radio waves uh, that uh, you are allowed uh, entitled to use from the regulator, right? So that's how traditionally a, a network uh, have been deployed. Now, with a little bit with 4G, but in particular with 5G, we are seeing a movement towards what we refer to a private network. So the idea that uh, a venue owner or a factory owner could uh, deploy its own network uh, entirely within the premises uh, uh, of the factory, for example, mm -hmm. and own end-to-end -end the network. And there are several reasons why a factory owners uh, uh, may want to do that. Uh, uh, one reason is uh, uh, having full control of the resources, right? If you have your own network, uh, then you don't have to care about uh, additional people around the factory or additional uh, interference that there may be from traffic generated by other people. Right. Uh, the second reason is privacy and security. So if you have the network within the factory, then all your data stays within the factory, right? So there is a, a, a strong interest in that, and there are various, uh, in particular, what I was covering in the keynote is that there are various technology enablers uh, uh, that, that make that possible. And some of them are technical, but then there is a broader aspect which is extremely interesting, which is happening with uh, United States and Germany actually to be at the forefront of that, which is the regulator now has started to look at uh, licensing spectrum on a local basis, right? And this is the concept of the CBRS band uh, in the United States or what is called usually the campus network band uh, in, in Germany. Uh, the, the concept is very, very simple. And the idea is that now you don't need anymore to be a nationwide operator to own the spectrum in a given area. You can be a factory owner, uh, owner and you can uh, request uh, the regulator I would like to run a 5G private network within this area, and this is exactly in the map of the area where I need a license. And at that point, the regulator can provide a license to the spectrum, and then the factory owner can run the network completely by himself without depending on mobile network operator. And this, we think that this will drive a lot of innovation on various front of how 5G will be able to be used in the industrial space. Can you, oh, go ahead, I was gonna say, would the government be regulating that or how would that work? It, it's, uh, the, it, it differs depending on uh, the jurisdiction and somehow the, the country. In general, there is the concept of a, a local license. So there is the government or the agency of the government. Uh, uh, so in the case of the FCC, for example, in, in North America, in the United States. And uh, uh, that's where there is a process for the private uh, uh, player to ask for a license in a given area. Of course, the, the way uh, these networks are deployed is a little bit different in the sense that if you have license in a given area, you have to make sure that uh, your devices and uh, uh, your network equipment are transmit only within that area without interfering externally. So there are very strict uh, uh, rules on how these can be deployed. But yeah, usually it's basically the, 
government agency that provide these these licenses. You know, it's it's very important because if you are a factory owner now, it, you never own the spectrum. You always own a license to the spectrum. But it is very different to say I'm going to lease the spectrum from a mobile network operator, and maybe I don't know the mobile network operator then changes the term or make me pay too much and so forth. So I'm not really ready to invest on a full network operation for my factory. While now the factory owner can say, okay, I have a 20-year license or 25-year license for using 5G in my factory. So I can really invest and make 5G my technology of choice for the next 20 years from a productivity perspective. Yeah, that's really interesting because we've seen that happen like with LoRa and other types of connectivity options. So seeing that happen now with with cellular is really interesting. So can you kind of shed a little bit more light on the benefits and the value of, uh, of a factory going this route over maybe other connectivity options? I know you talked about security and you talked about um, kind of limiting interference by doing this on premises. Um, what are some other benefits to, to, to a factory owner, you know, kind of going down this path versus maybe some other paths they could take? Yeah, sure. So, so first of all, right, uh, uh, why do you need wireless uh, at all? I think that's a key question, right? Because a lot of factories right now, they still have a lot of presence of wired connectivity, Ethernet, or in what is called industrial Ethernet usually, right? So there are, there are two trends that really justify the use of wireless in the factory. One trend is the, what I referred to as the digital transformation earlier. So the idea that you need more and more data for more and more sensors and machines uh, around the factory. The other aspect is uh, what is an aspect that is usually referred to the factory of the future or factory reconfigurability. So a lot of these industrial players are looking on much more agile and flexible way to configure their factory with uh, uh, the factory floor that can be reconfigured in a matter of hours or one day well, now it may take weeks to do that. So if you couple the need to suck more data from everything that is in the factory with the need of moving things around, then automatically you need wireless and wired connectivity mm-hmm. is not right. needed anymore. It's not uh, uh, sufficient anymore, right? So then why, why 5G? I think 5G, is cellular in general, 5G in particular, because 5G has really been focusing on these use cases, uh, provides uh, uh, various advantages. One is... The use of license spectrum, right, with this private spectrum, so that uh, we have a lot of experience that we talk with our customers and partner of use cases where you have Wi-Fi uh, or any of other uh, these uh, unlicensed technology, and uh, uh, you know it's very difficult because if somebody has an Apple Watch that is using Wi-Fi as well. Right? So you need a very, very confined uh, uh, rules in terms of who is bringing a smartphone, who is bringing a watch inside the factory, and then it's very difficult to regulate that. And, uh, uh, and then the, the, just the presence of these additional devices can have repercussion on, on, on the overall factory uh, uh, operation. So that's one aspect, just the fact that cellular use a license spectrum. Uh, the other aspect is uh, uh, mobility. So when you, when you look at uh, many of these factories, I mean, there are some amazing videos on YouTube uh, on all these uh, AGVs and the robots moving around uh, uh, and, and doing various tasks within the factory. And there are many, really tens of hundreds of them within a, 
uh, a factory, then uh, you you put a lot of uh, uh, pressure on the network in terms of number of handovers that happen within the network. So how many times you change a base station or, or wireless LAN access point, right? And while you increase the amount of traffic and amount of devices with moving uh, uh, objects, uh, that uh, uh, is where Wi-Fi starts to have problem from a performance perspective. Instead, of course, from a cellular uh, connectivity perspective, that that is how, why the cellular network has been defined from the beginning as for mobile right. use, right? So that's an, another big uh, uh, big uh, advantage of that. And the third, yes, is security. I think there is a, there is definitely a strong level of security. In, in the cellular ecosystem that there is in the Wi-Fi ecosystem, and that plays a, 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 plays a big role. Uh, the, I would add another one, which is uh, uh, going a little bit more technical, but I'll keep it brief. Uh, there is this, uh, as part of 5G, there is this new uh, technology called URLLC that stands for Ultra Reliable Low Latency Communication which is the first time that the idea that a wireless communication can achieve uh, the famous uh, 6.9 or reliability, mm -hmm. right? So there are various techniques that are used by, uh, uh, by, um, uh, by 5G where uh, you can achieve this reliability. And so now you can really replace uh, wires with wireless because you are sure that these uh, performance can be Very achieved. Cool. So uh, we've talked about now a lot of the benefits of using cellular connectivity in this kind of space. What about drawbacks? Like what, what would, are there anything that let's say a factory owner is looking at different connectivity options on a reason cellular may not be the right choice? I think, uh, I think uh, it's, uh, it's about the, uh, the fact that the ecosystem is new. Right. Okay. So uh, if you ask me, uh, can a, a factory owner deploy 5G for all its use cases, as I described right now, uh, the answer is likely not. Right. I mean, okay. 5G has been just the launch from a commercial uh, uh, smartphone space a, a few months back, a couple of months back. So uh, you probably have seen all the various speed tests uh, in your Twitter feed. So uh, that is... Uh, where the technology always starts on the consumer space. And then it takes uh, uh, some time to then mature and be optimized for an industrial use case. So we can uh, probably, there are a few things that can be done right now, but uh, uh, most of the work that we're doing with our partner right now is more uh, proof of concepts uh, and trying to analyze really how do you deploy this network in a factory, right? And, uh, and so it's, it's not officially ready for prime time deployment right now, right? It mm -hmm. may take one year or a little bit more than, than one year. For example, one work very interesting that we are doing with Bosch, uh, and uh, it's a collaboration between Qualcomm and Bosch, uh, uh, which we announced at the last Mobile World Congress, is that we are doing various uh, uh, R&D efforts together, and one of them is looking at uh, cellular propagation within a factory. So we are literally going inside the Bosch real factory, and together we are trying to understand how cellular network can be deployed and how airwaves can propagate within a factory because it's a very uh, uh, tricky environment in terms of how much metal there is, how much obstruction there may be, and so forth. So there is this learning curve that as an ecosystem uh, we need to go through, and that's why as Qualcomm we are 
partnering with industrial leaders because we don't have that expertise or they don't have the wireless expertise. So the two together, we think we can we can take a crack at this. Um, I'm curious with, you know, a lot of factories are located in rural areas and geography has a huge impact on cellular connectivity. Um, and currently 5G is being strategically deployed in different locations. And most of those locations are larger cities. So do you think that factories would be one of the last places for 5G to be rolled out? Actually, no, because they, that, that's exactly one very good point of why you may want 5G and in particular private network. Right, so it, it really depends on what are the use cases from the factory. But if the use case is that the majority of the data stays within the factory, right, and there are not much data that needs to go to the cloud, then the best solution is you build your own network within the factory. You don't depend on the coverage provided by the operator uh, in that particular area, and you have probably some form of backhaul which can be 4G or whatever, for that little data that needs to go to the cloud, right? So uh, we can see it's still going to be spotty, right? And this private network, I'm not suggesting that we're going to have rural coverage, but within uh, a rural area where there are a lot of factories, uh, then uh, there may be spots of 5G coverage, not AT&T or Verizon 5G coverage, but actually factory owners of 5G coverage because then it's the best way for them to guarantee connectivity within their factory. And I think that's a really good point to make because it's important for the media to really understand what 5G can do. And we're really focused on T-Mobile and AT&T and Verizon. But from what you're saying, private networks will be very advantageous and super useful for places like factories that are in rural areas. Absolutely. So so there is a... There is a, and I don't want to realize this, of course, 5G brings, uh, even for for consumer and mobile network operator, brings a lot of advantages and a lot of uh, new technology aspects, uh, uh, for example, millimeter wave and so forth. But there is definitely, that is a little bit more like business as usual, right? Where you have, you had 4G smartphone, now you have 5G smartphone, of course, much better latency, much higher throughput, probably enabling new use cases, but we're still talking about the same market, the same industry, right? Instead, when we talk about private network and industrial, it's really a place where cellular connectivity has really not played that role so far. And in general, right. wireless connectivity has played very little war, uh, uh, a role as well, because if you look at how much wireless LAN is deployed in factories for factory operation, is actually very little. Right. So that's really where we see the potential of 5G becoming a game changer, right? Uh, enabling really, really new new use cases. And to be honest, the, the most exciting part for me, that's why I am working in this area, because it's really the, the new paradigm, if you want, compared to the uh, traditional smartphone one. So what do you, I guess, taking a quick step back in, you know, to explain to our audience 5G versus, let's say, 4G, what what um what are the biggest differences that we can expect you know as we start in, we keep increasing four to five to eventually six um, in the technology and the impact that you think it's going to have overall um, on the IoT space. So in general, on the technology, right? So 
5G, as always, when you move from 1G to the other, there is a, a technology change that gives you a step function of improvements, right, usually. So what is already noticeable right now is 5G is providing, uh, even for smartphone operations, uh, higher throughput and uh, uh, significantly higher throughput and, uh, and, and low latency, lower latency than 4G. Uh, the the thing that in particular is uh, interesting about 5G, and in particular in North America, is that 5G is the first time that uh, it's deployed in the millimeter wave spectrum. So you have a okay. very, very high frequency, like 28 gigahertz and 39 gigahertz. That's really where AT&T and, and Verizon have been deploying the, uh, the technology right now. And that opens up uh, uh, interesting uh, aspects of how networks get deployed because then automatically high frequency means uh, a lower outdoor to indoor penetration of course at least a little bit less coverage so you need to really deploy the, the network in a different way from an economic point of view in terms of many many small cells and many less uh, fewer macro cells so there are uh, it's not only about the technology itself it's also about the repercussion that the technology has of our network uh, 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 gets gets deployed. So that's in, in general about 5G versus 4G. Then in the specific aspect of, of IoT is what I was referring earlier, these, in particular these ultra reliability and low latency uh, are um, game changers that will enable the use of wireless and cellular in particular really to replace wires in critical operations. Right. Mm -hmm. So r right now you have a robotic arm in a factory, for example. The robotic arm in a factory is it, there are a lot of industrial protocols and application layers that are used uh, for that, and they are built on the premises that there is no more than a one millisecond uh, latency between when uh, a command is sent to the robot to when the robot can actually actuate that command. Right, and so. Uh, there has never been a cellular technology or wireless technology for the matter that uh, with good reliability can achieve that. Uh, now, instead, uh, you can do that with 5G or you will be able to do that with 5G in the next one or two years. And then what does it mean? Automatically it means that the robot can be much more free to move around because uh, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't have to be a cable connected to it, right? And then uh, the repercussion of that to the whole factory floor setup and factory productivity is going to be very, very interesting. See, in theory, all this sounds wonderful, but in practice, I'm curious to see how factory owners are in actually, you know, making that switch from wired to wireless because of reliability, and you know, and the time and the cost that it takes to make that switch is probably a pretty big one. Um, to where it's kind of hard, might be hard to go back. And I wonder from a, like a critic, from a, I don't want to say mission critical is the wrong word, but, you know, from a, depending on how critical the machinery is or, or the process is, I'd be curious at, at what point are factory owners cautious or a little bit too scared to make that switch because wireless in their head is still something that maybe is not as reliable as a wired connection. Do you have any kind of thoughts on on that or how, you know, whether it's educational resources or just the evolution of the technology will kind of combat that mindset and help hopefully change that idea so that people feel more secure in making that transition? 
I think it's all of that. I think it's a great point, uh, uh, and, and I agree that there are these challenges, right? It's uh, the industrial uh, space is, uh, is very slow in adopting new technology, not because they are lazy or anything like that, but because the last thing that you want is to stop the factory uh, production, right? It's just, it's automatically a lot of money that gets lost. So um, I think it's, uh, it's a little bit educational. It's a little bit also of us and ecosystem, Qualcomm with all the partners that we are working on to really understand how far the technology can go, right? Doing proof of concept uh, trials, maybe small deployments at the beginning where you adopt the technology, not for all the use cases, but for a subset of use cases, and then little by little uh, gaining uh, 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 trust in the technology, understanding how far the technology can go, right? We have uh, done already internally a lot of R&D, and it's very, very promising, but you never know until you go in the actual field and you go in the actual factory. So that's why I was saying earlier, right? It's not that 5G is ready now. You can buy equipment, you put it there, and everything will uh, will work, and you will replace all your wires as a factory owner. That's not the case. So it will take a, a time and effort. And uh, as I said, we are working with various partners on that. Uh, it's going to be both uh, an aspect of uh, us, industry, and wireless players learning, and then after that, an educational aspect as well, because that. That will be uh, fundamental. When you start having successful customer use cases, then that's probably when you start moving the needle in terms of how many deployments uh, there will be, right? Right. Um, as Ryan mentioned, the promise of 5G is big. You know, you have high wireless bandwidth, high availability, and non-existent latency. Um, that's going to change the wireless strategy of the C-suite and network architects. So now that 5G is real and companies are starting to roll it out, what do those of us who are in the digital transformation or should be in the digital transformation need to know to stay on top of it? Or is it too late to, for them to really start um, with the proof of concept? No, no, it's absolutely not too late, in particular in the IoT space, right? I think, uh, uh, I think uh, 5G has been launched commercially now for smartphone, uh, more or less all around the world, or it's going to be launched more or less around the world by the end of the year. Uh, but these are early launches. And as I said, deploying the technology nationwide or in a downtown area for smartphone use cases versus deploying the technology in an oil rig or in a factory or in a mine, it can be there very, very different. And so uh, there is a lot of learning, a lot of things that needs to be done there still. And absolutely there is no, uh, nobody's late yet, right? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how this kind of transforms over the next year or so, just because again, Deploying 5G in a downtown area is great, and you know everybody who has a cell phone is going to see the benefit, uh, or a wireless device is going to see the benefit. But once you start really tying it into business and money and processes that could be slowed down if wireless stops, you know, or gets too uh, too congested, or you know, it just kind of causes a little bit of problems, regardless of how powerful it is or how strong it is. I wonder if that's still going to be a thing that kind of causes people to be hesitant. So from your opinion, it kind of ties on to Shannon's last question, which is where can people go to kind of be educated on this or what, you know, what kind of advice do you have for people out there who are 
optimistic about 5G, but still also quite hesitant on deploying it in a, some kind of business critical solution. Um, and obviously now they're kind of being introduced to the on-premises deployment, as you mentioned today. But what kind of advice would you have for people who are kind of on that fence of unsure of if this is the path that they should go? I think it's, uh, so two things. One thing is uh, there are already uh, deployment of LTE in some private environment. It may not be as challenging as, uh, as 5G low latency communication, but there are uh, a lot of warehouses where LTE is used, and there are a lot of mines where, for example, LTE is used for communication. And so that's one data point that people can start learning on how other players have started using cellular technology for those particular use cases, right, as a, a, a proof points and more or less every a, a website of wireless players uh, being us or the infrastructure vendor, our competitors have customer use cases uh, that, that point uh, uh, to that. Uh, in the context of 5G, it's about, it's about uh, following uh, the technology, following uh, the uh, proof of concept. We will keep uh, 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 trying to uh, be very vocal in the media about this, about the progress that, that, that we make uh, in, in this area, because I think it's extremely important, as you said, that, that uh, even uh, medium enterprises that may not have the, uh, the power right now to engage with uh, uh, Qualcomm on Ericsson in our proof of concept uh, a, a trial in the next six months or the next year, it's important that, that they uh, they un they understand how the, what the technology can provide, right? And so that's a little bit a role that we also as Qualcomm think we have, and we'll we'll keep uh, uh, publishing. We have already published in our website quite a bit, and we'll keep publishing a, a customer use cases on or outcome of various trials that we do. Very cool. Yeah. Um, do you have any use cases that you may be able to kind of talk a little bit to recently that were you know, deployed 5G that were successful? So 5G in the IoT, no, because as I said, it's, it's, not, it's not time yet. I think there is, a, uh, um, there is a, a couple of use cases that I can mention. There is, a, without making uh, names, because sure. I don't know how public they are, there is one, uh, uh, one big mining operation in, in Australia uh, where they basically now use LTE in all their mines. And they use LTE for uh, sensors. They use uh, LTE, of course, for um, uh, the, 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 the workers, the personnel that works there. And these are private LTE. Mm -hmm. So they have uh, uh, um, a spectrum that is leased uh, from an operator. And basically, they own that particular spectrum. And they deployed, of course, mines are in remote area. And they deployed networks for that. So that's, again, it, it's more monitoring a usual communication is not ultra C yet, right? But it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a use case uh, where, um, where uh, LTE has been deployed. That's one. Uh, the other one uh, that I, I think I mentioned it earlier, there are quite a few of uh, warehouses operation, uh, logistic uh, players uh, where, where they use LTE because they have this big um, 
um, a big uh, campus where they have, you know, a lot of uh, 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 somehow uh, warehouses where they they have all the boxes and so forth, and then they have trucks coming in and going out, uh, uh, and so you need a mix of indoor and outdoor connectivity, which with Wi-Fi extremely challenging to do, and so that's where. Uh, they use uh, uh, LTE either in a private fashion or in collaboration with an operator to operate cellular for their uh, uh, for their basic operation. Again, it may not be the ultra reliable uh, uh, use case, but it's definitely uh, it's, it's definitely uh, a use case that we can see right now already. Okay, awesome. Um, Shane, do you have any other questions before we kind of wrap up here? Uh, I guess one question I do have, just out of curiosity. I mean, how long? So five G is kind of you know is the big thing now um what do you expect if you can even guess this is i don't know if this is possible um when we get to 6g you I know mean, we kind of add another g there what do you kind of think um we will see or what will that be like um I, people have mentioned it in like conversations so but we're still just kind of on the you know on the brink of 5g kind of get really getting out there so already thinking way ahead to 6g what are your thoughts on that yeah, I think it's it's very very early to say anything about about sixty. I think we. <laughs> you should tell is, the media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the no because even even five G right as we discussed there are different phases of five G itself right and will impact so many industries some of them slow moving so I think uh, I think it will uh, uh, we will be busy with five G for a long time yeah. at least for now yeah very, yeah I agree with you. Um, so I guess the, the, not really any two in-depth questions left. But are you speaking at any more events? Any more keynotes coming up? Uh, not right now. Not right now. I think. Okay. No. I have to check my calendar, but I don't think in the next two months. And I say, no, yeah, no. Well, I'm sure they take a lot of work to get ready for. So, <laughs> um, but no, we do, we yeah. do appreciate you being on. Uh, if if anybody listening to the show has questions or follow-ups uh, regarding anything we talked about, what's the best way to connect with you if that's an option or is there somewhere you'd like to kind of send them? Sure. I mean, you can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter. I mean, just my name and uh, you can reach me up there. Awesome. Well, again, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk about you know, cellular connectivity. It's very fascinating to learn about the the private 5G networks, um, something that you know you don't really get much exposure to if you just read normal media coverage. So it's kind of nice to have someone on the inside a little bit, you know, talk more about that because I think it, it will help hopefully ease any any fears people have of this, you know, um, of how to use 5G in in industries or just in any kind of practical business application um, to be able to take care take advantage of the benefits of it um, without worrying about, you know, any fears of, um, you know, congestion or, or issues by, and security issues by having to be, you know, outside of a private network. So, so that's really fascinating. We appreciate you sharing all that. And, um, you yeah, thanks again. Thanks. It was a great time. Thank you very much. Everyone, thanks again for listening to this episode of the IoT for All podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it. Um, I learned a lot. I know Shannon learned a lot. Um, yeah, I know recently I've been doing kind of these key takeaways, um, which people have been finding valuable. So just kind of at a high level, I think there's some interesting things to really talk about here. The main one that I want to talk about was just the private cellular connectivity network, and that's that and how that is a, a thing um, that people can use for, you know, those who want more control and more security, uh, but also want the power of cellular. So understanding that that's a possibility now um, and being... You know, and then kind of coupling that with what 5G is bringing, I think just you know, 
opens up endless potential for for IoT deployments, especially those in um, industrial IoT, uh, anything in the manufacturing space, even in those rural areas where you can kind of bring the cellular to them and not worry too much about um, limited connectivity. So I thought that was really interesting. And then also just kind of the discussion we had around wired versus wireless um, and then understanding how um, you know people are kind of a little hesitant to change with with going from wired to wireless and kind of just the fears of if you lose connectivity what what's going to happen um, because it could really be detrimental to the output of a factory or any type of um, kind of industrial uh, process so uh, I think the points he makes on being able to kind of kind of ease that fear of going from wire to wireless, I think was really interesting and something to definitely pay attention to. Overall, uh, I thought this episode was great. Learned a ton about 5G, industry, industry 4.0, um, how everything's kind of affecting industrial IoT and so forth. So, you know, if you guys found this episode valuable, please, please subscribe. Please leave a comment, rating, or review on whichever platform you're listening to us on. It really helps us know, you know, what you guys like, what you guys would like changed, um, and lets us know kind of who's, who's a fan um, and helps other people find it, which I think is, is absolutely great. So thanks again for listening, and we look forward to having you um, listen to our future episodes. <laughs>